The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we seek overseas again in search of some really fascinating books, like we have one here called Book of Secrets, Aliens, Ghosts, and Ancient Mysteries. Our guest is Brian Allen. It was published by Flying Disc Press. And of course, Flying Disc Press is from Philip Mantle, yes. We thank Philip Mantle for bringing this book to us. This has so many interesting chapters in this book. And it's not a super large book either, so you can go through it in, you know, three hours, four hours. You know, nice long evening. And the first chapter, Brian, I want to talk about the Vimana Anti-Gravity Enigma. Brian, yeah. welcome to the show, and tell me what that is. Well, thank you for inviting me on the show. It's absolutely delighted to be here. It's a well-known show, and uh, I've made it here at last, which is pretty good. Well, what's the, what's the first chapter about the Vimanas, the anti-gravity? Well, the Vimanas have been talked about for aeons in, in ancient, you know, the, the, the Mahabharata, and the, the ancient uh, legends of, of, of India. But the thing that fascinated me about the Vimanas is that uh, the power source seemed to emulate that which is attributed to be the, the normally called the glocket or the bell, which you've probably heard about. Uh, and, you know, I've got more ideas what the bell actually is, but that's another story. Um, but the bell seemed to use this this mercury. And the, the, the rest, um, this mercury power unit seems to be what powered the manners as well. And and that seems to be a thing they have in common. So it, that, that that is just one commonality between them. But the evidence for the existence of the manas exists purely in ancient Indian legend. But whether they were real or not is an entirely different story. Because as well as being having this fairly exotic power unit, they also had weapons that seemed to emulate uh, nuclear weapons as well. Uh, they also seemed to use energy beams. And they could flit about the sky quite happily. And there's plenty of them. If you care to go online and, and just type in Vimana and images, you'll get these things. They're, they're pretty strange-looking craft. There was nothing sort of streamlined or, or particularly modern-looking about them, but they were odd-looking. And according to the ancient Indian uh, legends, they did exist. And they were used uh, as, as, as combat, uh, combat aircraft, if you like. But uh, it was more the link with, with the Glocker that interested me. When you mention nuclear energy, tell me more. Mm. 
Well, <laughs> what can you say about nuclear energy? I mean, it, it comes from uh, radioactive materials. Right, but uh, how do we connect this with this story about this possible craft in an ancient document? Well, you can, I, I can only go with it with, with, it, with information that I get. But um, as far as being so it's a nuclear energy, well, put it this way, the weaponry used by the Bamanas, uh, that was released by the Bamanas, virtually they were like missiles, they were like force beams rays, there were bombs of, of sorts. And according to, to, to what is, is described, the damage that these things caused, the, f the fused glass, the fused sand and all the rest of it, like you got in the atomic test sites out in, in, in the desert, these seem to be mirrored in, in what is written about the Bamanas and the weaponry that they had. That, that, that is where the, the similarity lies, I would say. So it was in the effect of what these weapons could do? Yes, exactly. The logical question here is, Vamanas, something in an ancient book, just as there are possible craft in other books. Can sure. we take it seriously? Is there anything about it that we could establish facts about? Once you start looking hard at the ancient legends, you either believe them or you don't believe them. Um, I... We are all involved in an area that you either accept or you don't accept. That the whole thing about the manners are UFOs, for that matter. Um, that you either believe they exist or you don't believe they exist, and there's nothing going to change your mind if you if you don't believe they exist. I mean, I've just for this, the fourth time I watched a documentary called The Phenomenon. It is by by James Fox. It's one of the best documentaries on UFOs I've ever seen, and I've been around a long time. I'm nearly 80. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, with, you know, UFOs, you know, when they first came to prominence. I mean, I grew up with all this stuff, and um, I can say that this this uh, documentary called The Phenomenon, I would advise any of your listeners who can get a hold of this documentary to watch it, because it is absolutely amazing, because if you, if you watch that, and you don't believe in UFOs, or they believe they exist, or the visitors, or whatever. By the time you finish that documentary, you, you will, I guarantee it, because the evidence that James Fox has produced is pretty convincing, I can assure you. By the way, just so listeners will want to know, we had James Fox as a guest a couple of times in the last three years. Oh, good, on excellent. On October 25th, 2020, we discussed the phenomenon. Mm -hmm. which I saw twice. We yep. then had him on November 20th of this, of this mm -hmm. past year, and he talked about the newer film, Moment of Contact, which focuses on the Virginia Brazil case. Yep, so I've seen that one as well, and it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good, yeah. A great narration from Peter Coyote, who, of course, is a well-known character actor here in the yep. States. So, yes, I agree with you. We like James. I've known him for, I don't know, 10 years, 10, 15 years. And we're happy to have him on the show and to recommend his movies. Anyway, let's continue. Brian, okay, so we start our discussion here about Vamanas. And we need to proceed past that. But it's not the only legend of possible ancient spacecraft, is it? No, by, by, by no means, of course not. 
I mean, if you look at some of the the, the illustrations that um, that are usually drawn up in a lot of these uh, UFO documentaries, there's, there's stuff from the Middle Ages. You know, things I've seen in the sky, shapes, bright lights, crosses, all sorts of stuff. And you could attribute that to a UFO or, or, or a spacecraft or, a, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the, the, our ancestors hadn't really anything that they could measure this sort of thing against. So they would, um, if you like, ascribe anything they saw in the skies to something angelic or, or demonic, one or the other. But, um, yeah, the, 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 these things have been around probably as long as we have. And actually, a, the, a, a book I co-wrote before the before um, Book of Secrets called The Deceptions of Gods and Men, I, I co-wrote it with a guy called Barry Fitzgerald. Who, I don't know if you've ever heard him on the show. If you haven't, you should. Um, we, we co-wrote this book, and, and we, we decided in the book, or we try and demonstrate in the book, that the human race has been in contact or has been directed by them, in inverted commas, these beings who can shape change, the shape shift, they usually appear in, 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 if you like, something that's not going to alarm us. So they will like, take the most suitable form that we can accept. But they, they have been around since the beginning of time and they, they have directed us because they need us to exist in our physical dimension because these things aren't physical in any real sense of the word. They exist in, in a void, for want of a better word. And they need us to experience uh, reality, which is something they crave, which is why they have lied to us since, since the beginning of time and they appear in any shape that's going to be most acceptable to us so that we will accept them in this version of reality. What you're implying here is that there aren't very nice beings or people if they're yeah. directing us, if they're pulling this kind of stunt. I'm going to ask you more about that in our next segment. Sure. Book of Secrets, Aliens, Ghosts, and Ancient Mysteries from Brian Allen from Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press with Gene and with Tim. You're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. 
And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, Brian. Yep. We're in touch with then beings from another dimension. Who are Another, yeah. you could you could call it a reality. Yeah, it's not really a dimension. Such it's, it's it's nothing. It's zero. It's it's a void. They exist in a void of absolute nothing. There is nothing there, and they need us to exist in a physical universe. And the only reason that we are in effect meat machines, we're meat overcoats that they can wear to walk around. Because if you wouldn't actually know one of them was driving it because you think your thoughts are your own, but they're not, because if they were in you, they are directing everything you think, say, and do. But um, what they want is us to create for them some sort of artificial intelligence, we believe, 
Because once you get this artificial intelligence that they can inhabit, it's going to be more or less, you know, everlasting. Then we become superfluous to their needs. But when what would happen to us then is anyone's guess. I just we don't know. But we'll bring some of these ideas through in the Deceptions of Gods and Men, which I say is the other book that came out just before Book of Secrets. And, and of course, Flying Dis Press publishes them both. And yeah, but, but these things, they are negative. They're negative beings and they need us and we exist because they need us. Because if they didn't need us, we probably wouldn't exist at all. Now, we're not obviously the only intelligent race in the universe, and I put intelligence in quotes for many, many reasons. So would you also suggest that these super beings, I guess John Keel used the word ultra-terrestrials, perhaps they're the same sure, ones. Sure, sure, These super beings control living beings in other parts of the universe, other planets? It is possible. Barry and I are only writing and talking from our point of view. And from our point of view, they are they are there and they have been since the beginning of time, as I say, and they have directed everything we thought. The research we came up with has been their prodding to eventually to create some sort of environment for them to inhabit that is a permanent environment and they don't need us as, as, as meat machines anymore, basically. Whoa. So they could be among us now? Yeah, well, they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are. In fact, I was talking to David Icke about this. Again, this is at Rosalind Chapel, would you, would you believe? Uh, I was up at Rosalind Chapel doing some stuff for, for David, and um, he was asking me what we were doing, and I, I told him, oh, the, the book was called The Deceptions of God's Men. Oh, what's it about, he said. So I told him, and he just sat down in, 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 a, in a seat, put his head in his hand, and he says, you know, that is just exactly what my new book's going to be about. So we had a bit of laugh about it. We had sort of laughed about it. but uh, So we beat him to the punch, which I guess that was pretty good, you know. Whitley Strieber, in several of his, his latest books, is really talking about the same thing, that after all, all the years of, of his experiences that, that he feels that the phenomena is more interdimensional, another reality, what mm. have you, mm. with with intelligent beings that exist outside of time. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that would make a lot of sense, and it would it would certainly fit in with what the deceptions of gods and men is about, and these entities that uh, exist. And, and we exist partly because they need us to be here for them to manifest in their reality. Uh, yeah, that, that, that would be about right, I guess. It is interesting, though, that, um, I mean, throughout our recorded history, we've had, you know, humanity has had contacts with various others, intelligent mm. beings, mm. call them gods, angels, demons, what mm. have you. Mm. But as time goes along and our own ideas and knowledge changes, these things follow us right along. We don't, oh, yeah. believe, we don't believe in gods and angels anymore. We believe in the possibility of intelligent life from other planets, and that's what we're seeing now. Well, yeah, but, but the thing is, when you, we'll probably touch on this later when we, when we start talking about Book of Secrets or some of the different chapters in it, that uh, you, you could argue that... Um, Jesus was an extraterrestrial. I mean, it's very easy to make that argument. You could argue, you could argue that God is an extraterrestrial. Um, all these things 
when you put them in different frames and then you take them out of this supernatural frame and put them into a, a, a mechanistic frame but once once you do that it makes them more acceptable I think but the churches won't have it of course because they are they are insistent that God is, is this the creator of the universe and this and that and so forth and Jesus was his son and all the rest of it um but when you, once you put that in terms of being extraterrestrial, I think a lot of it makes a lot more sense. But, but that's purely personal opinion. But then you don't think that UFOs are in part extraterrestrial, that they wouldn't exist along with these ultra-terrestrials? I think UFOs, it's not... It's, I would say that the reality... Is, is, is beyond question. Just, we'll take that as red. Yes, they are real. But where do they come from is the problem. I, I would say that that is more of an issue than are they real. It's where they originate. In, in my opinion, I don't think that they, they originate in, in, in our universe at all. I think they originate in some parallel universe and can traverse that that distance, that that reality, and, and it, it, they manifest in their universe, I think. But I don't think they come from another star, another, another galaxy or whatever. I think they exist, if you like, right alongside us in another reality, and they can manifest in theirs, because that, to me, makes a lot more sense. Because once you start saying, that, oh, they come here from another star system or whatever, this is when you get bogged down in faster-than-light travel, and you know, sort of technologies that we can only dream about as yet, and they seem to have mastered. You know, it's just second nature to them. In fact, they must be travelling at many times as many if warp factors, if you like, warp factor five, warp factor ten, you know, at multiples of the speed of light to actually get here. And then you start asking yourself, well, why us, in particular? And then you start speculating on, well, if it's, if, if if they are attracted to, if you like, an intelligent species, you can argue whether the human race is particularly intelligent or not when you see what's going on in the world right now. But um, I would say that they would probably visit any race or any species that can display signs of intelligence, whether it's human or otherwise. I still maintain that I don't think they come in a physical sense from point A to point B. I think they, they warp out of their reality into ours. You know that scientists right now, influenced of course by Star Trek, are indeed looking into the possibility of developing a system of fourth drive. Sure. And it doesn't mean they can't do it, but we're looking now at the early part of the 21st century, and maybe in 2063 they'll come up with warp drive. Of course, that's what the Star Trek legend is, where the inventor Zephyrin Cochran takes off in a spaceship in 2063 is depicted in the movie Star Trek First Contact. Therefore, the Vulcans see the warp signal. You know, you know the story. We have yeah, yeah, no, I know the story. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think it's one of the best Star Trek movies. That's the one, by the way, yeah. Jonathan Frakes directed. We've got more to come with Brian and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. 
we teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. USA News Update. Taiwan's foreign ministry is saying in a statement that the Chinese balloon incident should not be tolerated by the civilized international community. The statement added that the actions by the Chinese Communist Party government contravene international law and violate their sovereignty. The U.S. is currently in the process of recovering the balloon after shooting it down off the coast of South Carolina. It will be taken to an FBI lab in Virginia. Memphis police are firing a sixth officer who was involved in the fatal arrest of Tyree Nichols. In a statement, police said Preston Hemphill violated five departmental policies and was fired Friday afternoon. Fire burns following a massive train derailment that took place Friday evening in eastern Ohio. More than 50 train cars were involved in the incident near the Pennsylvania border. There were no injuries. Jerry Barmash, USA News. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's Donated Dental Services Program to C1, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is James Fox. 
director of the phenomenon and moment of contact, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So many things to explore in the book, of course, is Book of Secrets, Aliens, yep. Ghosts, Ancient Mysteries. Brian Allen is with us. We were talking about possibilities of being under the control of ultra-terrestrial, some kind of set of beings in another dimension. And you think here, if they have control, why do they allow the mess that we have to exist? I mean, you have people who claim to contact advanced beings, and they say... Peace and love, like Ringo Starr does. Peace, love, peace, sure, love, sure. and it means nothing. Well, yeah, it, I sometimes wonder why E.T. would even bother with us, because we're not a very pleasant race. Okay, we try to be nice to each other, I guess, in our own countries, but even in our, in, in our individual countries, people aren't nice to each other. Greed is a big factor. It's, it, it's human nature. I mean, we're not a particularly pleasant species. I don't think we are anyway. And why E.T. would bother with us is sometimes beyond me. Maybe they think they can save us, maybe they even think we're worth saving. Again, it's it's one of these great imponderables, but I wonder if you'd be interested to know how I got into this subject to start with, because it's it's actually quite interesting. I don't know if you'd want like me to explain a little bit of that. We are happy to know. Okay. As I said, I'm almost 80 years of age now, and I've been into this subject... Because my first contact, my, my first contact was aged around two and a half years of age, believe it or not. Well, and at remember, two, you, how do you recall a contact that early in your life? Okay, because it's it like a brand in my brain. I can see this now as clearly as I saw it aged two and a half years old, lying in a cot. Okay. I was lying in my cot, lying in my side. I just I opened my eyes to let you understand that was like an L-shaped room and the cot was up in the L-shape and my father's baby grand piano was also just across from the cot and there was sunlight streaming. I, I say I can see this in my mind's eyes clear as if it happened yesterday. I opened my eyes and I could see the piano and the piano stool and no further away than three or four feet, maybe five feet at the very most, this being was standing watching me. This was not a hallucination. This was not hypnagogic hallucination. This was real. This was happening. This was 100%. This thing was standing and it was watching me. It was wearing, it was about four foot high, wearing a green one-piece like jumpsuit thing, like a, like a body fitting suit. I noticed that round its, its waist, it was not a belt. It was, it was it, well, it was like a belt, but it was like a machine at the front, like a device of some kind. And it had his arms folded, and there was a hood covering its head. I couldn't see its face, but it was standing and it was watching me. And it knew I was watching it. Now, when I saw this thing, I didn't panic. I didn't shout it for my mum and dad who were in the next room. I opened my eyes, and I saw this thing. And I opened and closed my eyes several times, and it was still standing there. Still quite calm, still watching me. At the time... Until, I guess, about 30 or 40 years ago, I assumed it was some sort of spirit entity. Then I realised it wasn't. I realised it was an ET. It was some form of extraterrestrial. I was being picked. I was being marked, if you like. Now, in the same room, a couple of months later, 
had another wide. In fact, you could call it a lucid. This was a lucid dream, and I knew I was dreaming. But it's what I saw. Now, bear in mind, I was born in 1944. This would be 1946. Just getting into 1947, I guess. This is before your sort of standard disc-shaped UFO became common knowledge, a common depiction of what a UFO looked like, disc-shaped. And I saw this huge UFO, this huge disc-shaped UFO, and I knew it had come for me. It's only, I think, in the last, the last 40 years that I put the two incidents together because at first I, took the, I, I regard them as two separate events. Then I realised they, they were both connected. What I saw was E.T., and this thing was a was a spacecraft, and I knew they were both connected, and they were both, for me, they were marking me out as being picked, if you want. I know this sounds very arrogant, but it's the only way you can put it, because it's the only way I can rationalise it to myself. So I guess interest in, in the UFOs, paranormal, the whole bag of rattles, the whole thing, for the past, gosh, well, I'm 78 just now, nearly 79 next month, um, so you can see for the last 75 years, let's say, I've, I've been fascinated by this subject and I've gone out of my way to investigate it and, and various aspects of it. Where were you uh, living at the time of your first experience when you were two and a half years old? Two and a half years old. I was living in a place called Elliot Place. It was in the town of Falkirk in Scotland. And it was it was 30 Elliot, I can even remember the number of 30 Elliot Place. That was the number of the actual little, the little apartment, the ground floor apartment. Yeah, that that was where it was. It's still there. That the building is still there. So I guess the room is still there as well. Has there been any um, other members of your family uh, that uh, have had strange experiences, you know, in their life? Because it always it always seems like that, you know, if 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 you have something or have a lifetime of something. You know, you look back and you find that you know, your mother, or your grand, you know, father, somebody like that, you know, may have also been involved. To be honest with you, Tim, no. Um, as far as I know, uh, I'm the only one. Although I, I, I think it's, I don't want to go into this in any detail, mm-hmm. but I think my, my daughter has had her own experiences. Put it that way. Hmm. What about the what about the uh, the the town itself where you uh, grew up? I mean, did it have any kind of uh, history around it. Right, okay. You've heard of Bonnie Bridge, the Bonnie Bridge Triangle. Uh, mm-hmm. of, you know, this, this, is, this is Britain's Roswell, if you want. But Falkirk sits right slap bang in the middle of the, of, the, of the Bonnie Bridge Triangle. It's part of it. And there's been quite a few sightings in the hills around around Falkirk and, of course, Bonnie Bridge. And they did a lot of inve- quite a lot of the investigations when that all when that news broke. But yeah, Falkirk's part and parcel of it. But I think there's probably a good reason for Falkirk, Bonnie Bridge, and so forth being part of of this locus, if you like, of UFO sightings because of the geology of the place. Um, Falkirk and Bonnie Bridge sit on the edge of a large geomagnetic anomaly, and. I know the US government's looked at this, and I know the British government's looked at it, but, but you tend to find, and, and Skinwalker Ranch is slight, slap bang in the middle of one, you tend to find places where there are geomagnetic anomalies become natural UFO hotspots, and also hotspots for other kind of paranormal activity as well. And it's to do with the geomagnetic nature of the ground that it stands on. It seems to act as a portal, if you like, 
all that sort of thing. And incidentally, if you're going to talk about Roslyn Chapel later on, I know there's a portal there and I know how to open it and I've done it in the past. What about, um, are there any uh, uh, standing stones in that area? Mm, I'd, I'd, no. Okay. I, I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so, no. Not that I know of anyway. All right, all right. So, um, now, is, is, is this something then that has occurred sporadically then your entire life, you know, these types of, of unusual experiences? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the the thing is, you can't say well, they happen like on a, like on a monthly basis. But I've had quite a few encounters, shall we say. Um, I used to get quite a few when it, when I actually actively went out ghost hunting and stuff like that. But I don't do it anymore. It was boring. I stopped doing it because I mean it's it's same old, same old. And you you only usually ended up as a counselor of some kind for the people you were you were trying to investigate. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would tend to say that um, my, my own experiences throughout my life, I, I've, had, I've, had people, I've had voices speak to me, um, and they were rational, they were actually in, in, indulging in conversations. I mean, they, they, I could speak to them, I'd get a response, and I'd go, oh, uh, it's not a thing I enjoy, I must admit. We got something to admit right now, and we'll get back with Brian, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions silverlungs.com you'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions the silver lungs generator allows you to make your own so stop paying for silver solutions the unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach see the silver lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com that's silverlungs.com do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. 
Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're continuing as our guest of the evening or the morning or whenever time you hear the show. Brian Allen is talking about personal encounters. Mm -hmm. Do you have these things happen to you as of the present day or what? Yeah. um, When did I have one last? It would be, I guess, last year. I can't. I think the beginning of March, April time, something like that. It was a voice. It was a woman's voice. When the voices come, they're always over my left shoulder, always, and it's right, right close to my ear. And they'll say, "Hi, Brian," or, or like that. You know, I'm not schizophrenic. I can assure you. I mean, I don't, I don't like, hear voices, and, and I don't obey my voices. It's just the odd time. It's almost as if something wants to contact me, and they're always friendly. There's nothing scary about them, and they're not threatening or anything. They just sort of make themselves know that they're there. I guess you could say it's, you could call them spirits if you want. But I guess they're just making themselves known to me. It's, uh, that's the best way of putting it, yeah. That's the thing. You know, you said you call them spirits, but I don't... At this point, I'm not sure if there is any difference between spirits, ETs, you know, whatever names that, that, that we give these entities. I think that they, they can be all of the above. They can be none of the above. You're probably right, Tim, because... For for convenience sake, we we tend to label them, you know. As you know, if you talk to somebody that's psychic, 
they'll call them spirits, they're always spirits, because they call themselves psychic. But I think the whole thing needs to be looked at as a whole, and I think the vocabulary needs to be changed, into uh, because everybody has their own little niche, and, and label their own little niche with their own little name. As a psychic, I'll call it a spirit. ET, uh, a ufologist would call it, oh, it's, it's ET, get in contact. But I would say that consciousness, we just don't understand consciousness and how it works. And that when we die, what happens to consciousness? Does it just switch off? Or does it go into the gestalt intelligence outside of, of, of everything and become part of that? Like it's a universal hard drive, if you want to put it that way, and, and sometimes you can access parts of it, either involuntarily or, or by someone who happens to be particularly sensitive to that kind of stuff and can do it. I'm not. I can, I, I'm quite honest with you. I'm not. I've had psychic experiences. I've had quite a few when I was doing my, in my ghost hunting days. I had one that was, was well, it was pretty amazing what happened. Uh, I can talk about that if you want a little bit. But uh, um, I've had my own experiences, but none of them has been, well, other than the voices talk to me. I, I don't ask for them, they just talk to me. And I, I just leave it at that and I just say, well, hi, I'm fine. And, and they just go away and leave me alone. They don't bother me any. But I had a couple of experiences uh, when I was doing my ghost hunt and, and one of them really, really shocked me. It made me kind of frightened in point of fact and I had to shut the whole thing down. Oh, you you got to tell us that story then. Okay. It's a little village called Dune, D-O-U-N-E. It's in Stirlingshire. And I'd been called to go and investigate this hotel. It was a little place called the Highland Hotel. Still there, I might add. And I went. It was earlier in the year. It was, it was chilly. It was cold. It was, it was still winter time. I went across to meet the woman who was having the problem. She was hearing her voice. She was getting. She could hear people calling for her when there was nobody in the hotel. Doors were open and doors were closed and all sorts of stuff was going on in the hotel when she was on her own. So the first time I went there, I was in conversation with her. And she took us into her own into her office, if you like, where she did her, the business. It was a business for the hotel. I was there. Her brother was there. He, he was sitting to my right hand side on, on, on a sofa and there was one of, one of the girls that worked for her she was sitting in the room as well on, on, again to my right hand side against a wall on another sofa and the woman herself was sitting I can't actually remember her name now she was actually sitting facing me and she was telling me about the, the events that were happening and as she was talking or listening and stuff you know, just, and, you know making notes and stuff all of a sudden the quality of the, the sound in the room changed. It became hollow, for want of a better word, and the temperature dropped like a stone. I say this because because it was winter, she had a blazing fire on the room, was nice and warm, was sitting in, and all of a sudden the, the temperature dropped like a stone, and the quality of the sound changed to this hollow sound. Now, and I could see, I, would, I could see over a shot, you know, behind her, towards it was like a bay window, the curtains were drawn, and I could see this form starting this image starting to, to, to form it was dark black I, th I think it was probably a shadow person if you want to put it that way but this thing was about 8 foot tall it was human shaped and it was becoming more dense and more dense and becoming more, more you know, real if you like more tangible and I saw this and, and I panicked and in my mind I shouted I don't want this, stop it, go away stop it, now and the thing just went blink. It just what it just vanished. 
the sound came back to normal and, and the temperature came back up again. And I said to the guy up, you know, the woman's brother beside me, says, did you feel anything just now? Yeah, he says, it got quite chilly, quite cold all of a sudden. I said, so you felt that? And the girl on the other couch, she felt this too. They didn't hear that, they didn't hear, they didn't see anything forming. And the sound quality was just, just nothing changed. It was the temperature they felt dropping. And that was the first time I've been really alarmed and I've had to make this shout that this had to go away. Well, eventually I came back with a couple of psychics, very good psychics. I mean, I had a couple of mediums, physical mediums. And they found, and this tunnel turned out to be true, that a girl had fallen down the staircase and died. She'd, she'd, she'd killed herself when she fell. And um, she was actually pregnant at the time. And her father wanted her to get rid of the baby because when this happened, this would be back in the 1800s, you just didn't get pregnant outside, outside of marriage. You just, this did not happen because of the great shame in the family and all the rest of it. So she wasn't going to leave the staircase until she had revenge, or she, until she had revenge on her, on her father. And this, this was the problem. This was, this was what was feeding, if you like, feeding into the, the, the issues. So the mediums stood, well, I stood in the middle of the staircase, one of the mediums stood at the bottom, and her husband, Jim, he stood at the top. And all of a sudden, down the staircase, there was like a wind started to blow, and every part of my exposed skin in my body, my face, my hands and stuff, it was prickling, like a thousand tiny needles prickling into me. And she said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to reunite the girl with the, with the spirit of her dead baby. And that should you know, take care of matters. And just as she said that, it was almost like, it's almost like the, the building breathed out as if it had been holding its breath and really tense. It was sort of a, ah. And the, real, the, the sense of relaxation was, was, was tangible. And, you know, the temperature had dropped and it came back up again to, to the ambient temperature, nice and pleasantly warm. As I say, this was still winter time. It, was, it wasn't after, it wasn't long after we'd had this, this, this uh, experience with a woman in her office. And the medium Anne-Marie down the stairs, at the bottom of the staircase, she said, I've reunited her with the dead baby. And I said, I know, because I felt it happen. I felt this relaxation and this 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 exhalation of, of tension just went out of the building, out of the room, out, out of the place where we were standing on the staircase. So, yeah, that was one experience. That was my first real encounter with the spirit world, if you want to put it that way. Uh, because I think it's a bit unfair to categorise spirit with ET because they both seem to operate using different different sets of parameters. And what, what this was that happened to me was this happened because this medium made it happen. It wasn't auto suggestion. She wasn't telling me this was going to happen. I felt this happened quite quite separate from anything that the medium was doing. So yeah. That was when I really realised that there was a life after this one and, and we can contact it given the right set of circumstances. Now, I'm trying to understand here the certainty of what this is as opposed to something that might involve a UFO. Why can't we assume it's all the same thing and the only difference is the way they present it to us or the way we perceive it? Okay. You will understand, Gene and Tim, for that matter, that I've been at this game for a long time, okay? I've seen a lot of things happen. I've met people that could do some pretty amazing things. I've seen some amazing things, heard some amazing things. 
And I think, really, at its core, what you have is we don't understand what consciousness actually is or where it exists. Does it exist in the brain and it remains in the brain or does it exist out with the brain? And if we shut down, if we die, does that mean consciousness dies with us because, you know, the, the electrochemical process that creates consciousness has, has gone, has shut down, or does consciousness just move somewhere else? Let's leave that I, question in abeyance till our next segment. Okay. Look at consciousness. Brian, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Welcome back to the Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Brian, what is your interpretation of what consciousness is? Well, if I knew that, I'd be a very wealthy man, I suspect. But um, consciousness is what drives you. Consciousness is... The easiest thing to do is to tell the truth and say, I don't know what consciousness is. Consciousness is me talking to you, it's me talking to Tim, it's you talking to me. I'm conscious of it, it's awareness. Was it Descartes said, I think, therefore I am, cognito ergo sum, and so forth. But um, I think consciousness is the ability to, to, to form rational thoughts. 
its ability to, to communicate, its ability to, to, to turn on a light switch, its ability to, to live, to be alive, to think, to think of the future, to think of the past, to, be, to think of the present, what might happen in the future, what happened in the past, to learn from it. That's all part of consciousness. But it's a very, very difficult question to answer, as I think you probably know. Tim, a lot of, uh, not really, not even any more modern scientists, but a lot of scientists have taken on the, uh, you know, the, the the materialist viewpoint that consciousness is merely an artifact of the brain, mm-hmm. the chemical and electrical processes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and once that stops, so does consciousness, but. And as and as you've said, Brian, I mean, you know, you've done this for a lot of years, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and so have I. Mm. And I'm presented all the time with, I mean, and I know people would say, "Oh, it's anecdotal evidence," but with evidence that shows that consciousness does not stop once the body shuts down. No, it doesn't. That it continues on in one form or the other. Sure. I mean, you know, is from all from all of your years of experience. I mean, have you found the same thing? Exactly that, Tim. Without without a shadow of a doubt, consciousness does not end with with physical death. This is why I, I, I posited: where does consciousness exist in inside the confines of your skull or somewhere else? Does it, does it exist elsewhere? Now, if, for example, and this has happened to me more than once, a medium will say. I've contacted your mother and they'll tell me stuff, you know, your father or whatever. Now, you have to ask yourself then, are they getting this information from you? From, from are they, in, in effect, are they, are they telepathing? Are they actually reading this from your mind, from your own memories of your mother? Or are they getting it from somewhere else? But, as has happened, I've had mediums in this house, in the house, sitting on a, sitting on a settee in the living room, and they'll make it. They'll pass a comment. They'll say something about who was this, who did that. They're reading something from another source, shall we say? They're giving you information that they couldn't possibly know, and I mean they couldn't possibly know, because because in instances like this, I never give anything away to a medium. Never. I never even. I don't nod my head, smile, blink, nothing. I deadpan this, and I ask them to give me a reading. What do they, What do they get? And if they get, and nine times out of ten, sometimes it's just nonsense. That This is for people that think their mediums are not. But some people are very good at this. Very, very good. And you're giving them no non-verbal clues or verbal clues of any kind. And they're coming out with stuff that they couldn't possibly know because you haven't given them any triggers or indications of this. It's information about your family who are deceased or whatever. But yeah, absolutely, that the consciousness goes somewhere into, into as I call it, a universal hard drive. And um, some people can actually latch into it. Maybe they use you as the contact. Maybe they use you as the channel to channel into it because it's your, it's your you know, this, uh, your, um, your parents or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that they are able to, t- to tack into this universal hard drive through you. Well, we've seen people like um, the American Edgar Casey, mm. who uh, seem to have uh, the ability to tap into that universal hard drive, the mm-hmm. Akashic record, mm-hmm. uh, 
He was very good at it. <laughs> oh, he was indeed. He really was, yeah. But the, the, the Cache Records, well, that, that's, yeah, Cache Records, Universal Hard Drive, Tim, it's the same thing, in effect. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, th- I think that if ever the time comes that we're able to get a better understanding of consciousness, its origins and and how it works with us, I think it would possibly give us maybe not a complete understanding, never be a complete understanding, but at least a better understanding of the other types of phenomena that we've been talking about and we'll talk about on the show today. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. A thing that has always fascinated me, and, and some, of, some of my friends have actually got, got into this in a, a, a big time, is poltergeist phenomena. Um, it's not the fact that, that, that there are entities out there that, that, that just want to fool around and, and annoy you and, and mess you around, but it's the mechanism that have always fascinated me. How can something non-material cause something to move? What's the mechanism? How is it doing it? How is it manipulating, say, let's just say a book, and it's lifting a book up and moving it around and laying it down somewhere else, and you're sitting watching this happening. So how is it doing that? Because once you understand that and you, you demystify it, I think you take a lot of the fear out of it because you understand that there is a physical process or a non-physical process at work here that's able to interact with a solid object and move it. And that has always fascinated me because... As always, I've actually asked you know mediums who who or investigators who have done this a lot more than I have, because I'm kind of some of that stuff kind of frightens me and I kind of leave it alone a little bit because I, because I don't understand it. But I've asked, they think that there is probably no limit to what a poltergeist can move, to shift, to lift and move around, and probably there isn't, because it's only I think that that our limitations that cause them to be unable to move, say, a locomotive, to lift a locomotive up and put it down again. Well, they can shift wine glasses or cups or saucers or, or whatever, ornaments, stuff. They can even lift pianos, I believe, which are pretty heavy. But uh, I think there should be no physical limit to what a poltergeist can move. And some of, some of my, my, if you like, psychic friends agree with me, some don't. But, but my opinion is that there should be no physical limit to what these things can do. And believe me, if they could, and the, the military could weaponize it, you couldn't guarantee they would weaponize it all right, because that would be absolutely amazing. What a tool. What a tool they could have. I mean, somebody sitting in a room someplace and causing some eruptions like thousands of miles away somewhere else. It's a bit like the, um, John Ronson's The Men Who Stare at Goats. If you like, it's an extension of that. Um, yeah. So I think that the poltergeist phenomenon, if it, if it was ever understood, if the military could weaponize it, they probably would. Oh, well, we know that both the United States and Russia, probably China mm. as well, yeah, yeah. have seriously looked into the poltergeist phenomena uh, in an attempt to find a way to weaponize it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, because... The military can't see anything else except, except, if you like, to get the edge on the enemy. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be that they haven't actually achieved it yet, otherwise they would have been doing it, and it would have been pretty obvious they were doing it. Or, or who knows, maybe they have. Mm-hmm. We, wouldn't, we wouldn't know anyway. Well, I mean, but that's that's the thing about 
paranormal phenomena is that it is really, at least as far as we know, impossible to pin down. Which is, you know, one of the reasons that science is so skeptical towards it, because it can't be reproduced time and time again in a laboratory setting. Yep. Well, sometimes it can. And even, but even when it can, science will reject it anyway. I mean, we, we have a Friday night group. We just call ourselves the Friday Freaks. And um, there's a, it's a variable number, usually about 14, 15, 16 people. It's like a Zoom call we have. Before we get into the contents of this Zoom call and go Zoom, we got to go Zoom in a totally different way. With Brian and Gene and Tim, you're in the podcast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah. 
I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Like a Zoom call, you get together with these people. Brian, go on. Yep. And then, by the way, folks, I know you're anxious to hear more about the book after this. We'll segue back into some fascinating, fascinating chapters I want to go over with him. Sure. The the whole thing is is the people in the Zoom cast, there's doctors, there's, there's, um, let me see, there's astronomers, there's... um, technicians, well, I, I, all my life I was a technician, instrument tech in the petrochemical industry and, and you don't get more hard-headed than that but uh, it's uh, like I say, it's all technology at, at, at base, but yeah there's a great mix of people, uh, highly intelligent people in this in this podcast in this, sorry, in this uh, Zoomcast and we, we kick around all sorts of ideas, and all sorts of ideas have come out of it as well we get guest speakers along and give us, you know, give us a presentation. I've given a few myself, and uh, most most people are, you know, you sort of pay your way, you know, maybe once every month or so, or a couple of months. One one guy, somebody will give a presentation, and everybody will tear him to bits, which is, seems to be part of the course. But yeah, it's it's a great Friday night. It's, it, I've come across some very very interesting ideas, because when you get your 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 peers, if you like who are willing to listen to what you've got to say, a bit like you guys, and then maybe rip you apart a little and make you justify what you're saying. There's nothing wrong with that because that, that, that keeps you alert, keeps you on your toes, and it makes you very careful about what you say. I think that uh, um, we would be remiss, Brian, if we didn't mention that you're also involved in probably one of the, not probably the best, paranormal-based e-magazines out there. Oh, yeah, Phenomena Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for bringing it up, Tim. Yeah, Phenomena Magazine, I've been editing it, editing it for maybe eight years now. Before that, I edited a, a newsstand magazine called Paranormal. But when the recession hit worldwide, you know, the, it was just costing too much. They weren't selling enough copies on the newsstand, so they the folded the magazine. And a guy called Steve Mira, I don't know if you ever heard this, Steve, again, he's another guy you should get on your show something. We actually had him invited, and I think he had some kind of illness, and we tried to reschedule, and we never got a chance. Yeah, Steve, he's he's a really good guy to talk to, because he's been around us for a long time, and he knows quite a lot of stuff about it. Yeah, Steve knew I'd been editing 
Paranormal magazine, and he said, would I like to come on board as, as his assistant editor? Well, I said, yeah, because, well, I ain't doing nothing else. I came on, I, I sub-edited it, but exactly, I think, three issues. And I said, look, y- you've been around this game for a long time. Would you like to edit the magazine? Because I've got other things to do. I said, yeah, I'll be the editor. So I edited it from then on, which I said, about eight, just over eight years. I've been editing the magazine. And, and uh, we've now, as far as we can tell, we're getting around between one and a half and two million downloads a, a month. And that's pretty damn good by anybody's, anybody's straits, I think. Yeah, it's a shame that the newsstand magazine business just really just folded under. <laughs> it's it's never come back again. The e-magazines are great, but I like a physical <laughs> a physical magazine, physical yeah. book to hold and read. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I'm old-fashioned enough, yeah. I, I do prefer to get something. I, I subscribe to... Um, to 14 times because it's a pretty good magazine although to be fair about 10 years ago that this was at the time when i was editing paranormal i had a conversation with a guy that was editing uh, phenomena magazine and i said look i'm i'm going to i'm going to stop doing this this was like i said it was 10 years ago because i said every month it's the same stuff the same people yada yada yeah in mm. fact it's boring quite frankly and i told him that i said oh you think so i said yeah and that was it. I, I, I stopped. My, I stopped um, subscribing to it, and it's only last year that I renewed the subscription because I'd read a couple of copies, and they get some new writers and new regulars. But some of the old faces are still there. But I, I think fourteen times. Mm. I think fourteen times tends to be too sceptical for its own good, mm. to be honest with you, because I think they don't give enough credence to some of the stuff that does happen because they're always looking for rational explanations for stuff and sometimes there just isn't any rational explanations for stuff, especially when you're dealing with paranormal phenomena. But there again, I mean, I get the magazine, I've renewed I've renewed the subscription for 14 times and, and I'm still getting it. And yeah, it's, it's okay. It's something to look forward to once a month that I can sort of sit down and open up and lose myself in for a couple of hours. I think it's really the... Just about the only one left. I mean, there there may yeah. be some, you know, like smaller, uh, more regional run magazines, but you know, as for national or international magazines, forty times is about it. Yeah, I guess you're right, Tim. In fact, I, in fact, I know you're right. Uh, there is another magazine I see advertised on the back cover sometimes, but I'm pretty sure that's an online thing, and it's, uh, you got to pay for it as well. I've never looked at it, so I can't really say how good or bad it is. But there, there are a couple, but most of them, like you say, are online. Uh, yeah, they're all online. So, and it's you know, it's it's interesting because you don't have the you know the popularity of the magazines anymore. Yet the popularity of these subjects that we're talking about is probably higher than ever. I would say so. I think you're absolutely right, Tim. Now over here in the UK uh, on Freeview, um, we have a channel that's called Blaze. B-L-A-Z-E, Blaze. And they run regularly UFO stuff, paranormal-themed. They were doing the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. They did a couple of theories of that. And they actually, well, when I, when I saw the Curse of Skinwalker Ranch, I thought, what are you doing? You know, because these people, were, they, they seem to be getting a handle on something. And once they get a handle on it, they just let it go. They didn't sort of pursue it and, and keep on pursuing it. They just let it go. And they were always talking about health and safety, and I'm thinking, stop it. Stop this nonsense. If you've got someone going there, go and chase it. Put yourself out. I mean, I certainly would. 
if, if I was getting this sort of phenomenon of Kernan's Kinwalker Ranch on a regular basis, and it was almost testable, you, you could guarantee someone was going to happen at some point. But these guys, I think they just let it go. Now, I saw the first two series of it. I think they brought another series, a third series out. But Blaze, for some reason, hasn't run it yet. But hopefully they will get around to running it. Yeah, the series the series does continue. I'm not quite sure what what the new season will be, whether it's season three or four. But yeah, yeah it's 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 continuing. Yeah, well, the thing is, they seem to be getting results, but then it just slips through their fingers again. They don't seem to pursue it. It's almost as if if they find what the answer to the to, to Skinwalker Ranch actually is. They're going, the show is going to end because there's going to be nowhere else to go with it because they've, they've, they've found it, they've found what the answer actually is. But I, I can, I'm 100% certain that Skinwalker Ranch is it's a, it's a geomagnetic anomaly it sits on, and that's why it works. That's why the phenomena occur there. Same as I said with the Bonnie Bridge Triangle, it's because it's, a, it's on a geomagnetic anomaly. So can we can others. say that knowing the conditions in those two locales, we could look at similar locales and then come up with a certainty whether weird stuff happens? Yeah, well, the thing about the Bonnie Bridge Triangle is, for a time there, you, you couldn't open a newspaper or, or put on the TV, but there was something happened, something had been seen over Bonnie Bridge or at all. Now, before we break for this episode, I do want to give a shout-out to Fate Magazine. That's fatemag.com. The magazine is published electronically, online, and there's also a print version. It's been around since 1948, believe it or not, but it's more of a general interest paranormal publication. More with Brian, Gene, and Tim, you're in. Oh, the Pentecost. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996- 4327 or email advertise at gcnlive.com. That's advertise at gcnlive.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. USA News Update. The Chinese spy weather balloon that we've all been watching for days is no more. Order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground. They decided that the best time to do that was to get over water outside within our within 12-mile limit. 
An ex-staffer for New York GOP Rep. George Santos claims in an ethics complaint that the freshman congressman violated House ethics rules. He's filed a complaint with the U.S. Capitol Police and the Office of Congressional Ethics. Southwest Airlines president sitting down to answer for the holiday meltdown that stranded thousands of passengers. That polar vortex over the Northeast has moved out. Boston expected to reach temperatures of almost 50 today. Corey Myers, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Brian, tell us more about this portal area, yeah. we call it. Yeah, portal area. These geomagnetic anomalies, nobody knows why this happens, because it's just, maybe it's just a factor of geomagnetism uh, that, that causes this, or, or it, it facilitates it, shall we say. But the reason that you're not getting the same level of reports coming from the Bonnie Bridge Triangle is because people just stopped looking. And it's almost certain it's still happening. But people just stopped looking. Although you do get the odd person, they'll go up into a place called, my wife actually comes from Bonnie Bridge, she actually, you know, she, 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 she was born there. There are areas, they call it High high Bonnie Bridge. It's, it's a wild, windswept moor. And a lot of sightings are seen, a lot of stuff seen up there. They used to get up, a lot of people going up there deliberately looking for UFOs. But then it all faded away and it all died, it all died to death and that was an end to it just stopped after that because people just stopped looking. I'll guarantee it's still happening. 
All right. Well, I think uh, Gene uh, would like uh, for us to uh, get back into uh, the Book of Secrets, Alien Ghost and Ancient Mysteries. Now, um, uh, before this book, uh, uh, how many other books have you uh, written? <laughs> now, this was the 14th. So I've written 14 books. Oh, well, let me see. It was I Cast the Out, which is about exorcism and possession. Rosslyn Between Two Worlds, which was about the Ross Rosslyn Chapel and the phenomena that we, we actually uncovered in there and we know it is there and we, and we know how to operate it as well. We'll have a good idea. Project Phenomena was another one. The View from the Abyss was another one. A Book of Secrets, well, what we're talking about, The Believers, which was about cults. Barriers of Belief, which was a, an extension of that. There weren't any more sort of cult behaviour, cults and different sort of cult beliefs. Deceptions of Gods and Men and Revenants. Haunted Places and Haunted People, which was a book of my own, if you like, exploits when I was going to ghost hunting. I, I sort of streamed it, I put them together and came up with a book on it. Yeah, so I've written a total of 14. One was co-written with Barry Fitzgerald, so I've written 13 and a half in that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you've you've written just about something about uh, uh, everything of our, our favourite subjects, and I'll, I'll go into um, in your your new book, Chapter three is ETs and the Hollow Earth, oh, and yeah. I mean, and, and as you well know, I mean, our our good friend the late Tim Beckley mm-hmm. loved Hollow Earth stories. I, oh, I think yeah. the first book that he ever wrote when he was fifteen dealt with the uh, the Shaver mystery in the Hollow. Oh, the Earth. Shaver mystery, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> as Tim knows, I knew Richard Shaver pretty well, as did Tim Beckley. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. The thing that a lot of people don't seem to realise is, is that the hollow earth could be, or, or areas of the, under, under, the, under the surface are hollow. There is a, uh, an anomaly that is it's known, it's been actually measured, and they know it's there. The short version of it is called the Moho, M-O-H-O, the Moho. And the full name is the Mohorovicic Discontinuity. And this is an area between the crust and the mantle in which there are like city-sized cavities, okay, way below the earth. They're thousands of feet down. They're dotted all around the earth, uh, on the, below the earth, I should say, and it's called the Mohorovicic discontinuity, and, and any of your listeners could look this up. You'll find that what I'm saying is right, that there is the potential for things to be down there, civilizations to be down there. And pardon me, and we just don't know of any contact with them whatsoever because... They exist in in that biosphere that is down there. Well, a lot of people would look at the idea of of the hollow earth and and think almost you know like the the, the resurgence of of the flat earthers that oh you know it's just yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's just impossible you know the, the, there's just no possible way that the earth could be you know hollow or or even have you know giant cavern systems uh, scattered throughout. Well, the Moho suggests differently that there are these giant caverns, as I say, almost city-sized down there. So um, if these cavities do exist, then it's entirely um, then it's entirely possible that there are civilizations that we know nothing about down there. Although ju- just what they look like is anyone's guess, because no one's actually encountered, or oh, maybe we have, we wouldn't know. But yeah, there is the possibility that there are things down there that there are civilizations down there because I say the space is there for them to be there. Well, I mean, we do know that uh, um, 
South America is riddled with uh, ancient tunnels and caverns that uh, have only been explored so far for for you know various reasons, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it seems like that once archaeologists may get an idea of who had built one particular one and when they come to find out that it was a lot older than mm-hmm. you know than some of the you know recent uh, work recent being 500,000 years ago mm-hmm. uh, that uh, a lot of these tunnels almost seem to be you know antediluvian oh yeah it isn't entirely possible like like i say the fact that there are cavities under the earth that that could house civilizations like that doesn't mean they're there. It just means the possibility is that that, that they are there. But what they would actually live on and how they would live and what what they're actually breathing and what it's like down there is going to be pretty hot and pretty pretty messy, I guess. But uh, yeah, the the, the possibility is there. I think that's the best best thing you can say for it. Well, in the the early days of the modern UFO phenomena, the idea that uh, these ships may be coming from an underground oh, civilization. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was really popular for a while. And uh, <laughs> it was for a while, but then again, so was the Nazi the Nazi UFO thing as well. Mm. This, well, frankly, nonsense came out about Nazi UFOs. Um, the best you can say for that is that the the, the, the U.S. government and, and the Soviet government to some extent, but the U.S. government got in there first. There was a lot of Nazi Nazi technology what was taken from, you know, research labs in, in Nazi Germany, and most of it went to the USA. One particular aircraft it was the Hawk Nature two two nine, which was a flying wing, and uh, it's almost certain that this was developed uh, into other flying, successful flying wings by, by U.S. Uh, aeronautic companies, you know, uh, the, the aircraft builders, they developed that in, into flying wings, quite successful ones. I mean, the, the B-2 stealth bomber is an example of that. But, um, yeah, the, the, a lot of stuff that was attributed to, you know, E.T. or the E.T.s gave us, they gave us fiber optics, they gave us trans- No, they didn't. That all came from Nazi Germany. And E.T. excuse that that's where it all came from. I think this was, and I, I'm not being disrespectful there, guys, I wouldn't do that, but I think that U.S. companies who developed, say, the transistor, who developed fiber optics, stuff like that, they could hardly say, we got this from Nazi technology. It was much simpler to say, we got it from E.T.'s, you know, at Roswell or whatever. And and this is where all that where all this technology come from, and people would go, hmm, really, and it, it would deflect blame if you like to think that that, that the U.S. Were one of the allies was making a lot of money from Nazi tech, you know, from developed Nazi devices, Nazi technology, because there's no two ways about it that the the, the 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 German scientists were way ahead than we were and a lot of stuff towards the end of the Second World War, and it's just a case, it's just lucky that we won it too, because they were very close to developing a nuclear bomb, and they wouldn't have thought twice about using it either. So I think they actually had test firings on Rugen Island, which is up, up, and up, up north and, and some the coast, so the German coast somewhere. But uh, was it Rugen Island? I think it's called Rugen or Rugen. 
and they, they did some testing up there of nuclear, uh, very primitive nuclear devices, but um, the Germans got, nearly got there first, yeah, yeah, and I, I can assure you that. Oh yeah, we wouldn't, the United States wouldn't have uh, had their space program or been able to go to the moon if it hadn't been for captured Nazi scientists and their technology. <laughs> well, that's the thing that really annoys me. I mean, the Lord Werner von Braun. We've got a break here with Brian, Jean, and Tim, and then we go on. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy. 
There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I know on last week's episode of the Paracast, we did talk about Nazi spaceships last week, right, Tim? And the discussion was primarily in the After the Paracast podcast Mm -hmm. with Graham Rendell. And that mm-hmm. was really fascinating because he pointed out reasons why he felt those things never really existed, although obviously we did get technology from the Germans. But mm-hmm. he kind of likened the Germans in the way he described them to Google. Not that he said that I said that, which is <laughs> Google is notorious for experimenting with all sorts of stuff. They spend tons of money on it, maybe not as much now because they're laying off people, spending tons of money on stuff that never gets finished. And maybe the Nazis were doing the same thing. I think you're probably right there, Gene, you know, but um, I, I can actually agree wholeheartedly with, with your previous guest when he, when he, there were no Nazi UFOs, they just weren't. The, yes, the, the, they experimented with all sorts of designs, all sorts of different designs, but they couldn't get them to work, which is why you don't have disc-shaped uh, spacecraft flying around just now, because the technology just isn't there to get them to fly, because what we've got does perfectly well on its own. Yeah, so I, I don't think there ever were any Nazi UFOs, ever. Well, going, since we're talking about UFOs, in, in your book, Chapter 19, you've got the chapter is entitled UFOlogy and the Collins Elite. Yeah, well... I think um, Gene uh, intimated at the start of the of the show that uh, you had talked about the Collins elite, but I think, and also you, you had Nick Redfern talking about it as well. And Nick, I mean, I actually had to, I checked with Nick: did the Collins elite actually exist? And he said yes, they did, and that was good enough for me. I took his word for it. But it shows just how much, um, shall we say, that there's interference comes from certain pressure groups within the USA, mainly religious, mainly very, very right-wing, that um, they were quite certain that as far as the Collins elite was concerned, that UFOs were crewed by demons, that that, that, that they were satanic in origin. I think that's the way that Nick was actually framing this. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. But um, I think he was framing it that, that this group was set up within investigative bodies looking into the reality of UFOs and the question wasn't was wasn't was UFOs real because manifestly they are. 
and they're coming here, but, but what brings them and where are they coming from? Well, as far as the Collins elite was concerned, they seem to be steering it in a very, very pointed direction. Now, these things were satanic. They were crewed by demons, and in some versions, they were crewed by angels, if you want. But uh, that's what the Collins elite was actually all about, and that, that was their interest in, in that particular um, research into the reality of UFOs. Yeah, they, uh, um, I don't know about the Collins elite, but in one of the more recent discussions uh, concerning the Air Force and the Navy's uh, uh, new involvement in looking into the UFO mystery, mm -hmm. uh, it was stated that there is still interference from within the Pentagon oh, yeah. for, for religious reasons. Sure, sure. That the perception is that uh, UFOs and uh, uh, its accompanying phenomena is demonic. Yep. I can't see any reason why they would want to do that. Uh, I mean, I'm not even sure what the agenda would be. But uh, for me, if UFOs are a reality, um, or UAPs, what you want to call them, I think that's, that, that's the latest term, I think, UAP. But whatever they are, they are they are craft. They're arriving in our reality. It's where they come from is, is the problem. Now, the religious lobby would have it that they're coming from Satan or, or they're satanic, that, that they're coming from hell and they're created by demons and, and, and they're, they're here to sort of destroy humanity, to, to, to bring us down. But um, I think that's just, that's just foolish. I can't see any reason for them to do that. I just don't think that, that, that there's any advantage to be gained by claiming that that, that uh, these spacecraft that, that come here, because they are spacecraft. You might even call them timecraft, I suppose, for that matter, the way we're putting it. Um, that whatever comes here is arriving here in our reality. It, it does make contact with us in various forms, but whatever, whatever form they take, they're not actually, if you like, enlightening us with anything when they get here. They're certainly not, I don't think, trying to destroy our beliefs in, 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 in religion because I don't think they've got anything to do with religion. But um, some people seem to think they do. And, and, and that's, that, that, I think, is a pity because it stifles the whole thing. Because when you approach something with a preset agenda, you're going to get the result you want to get. And not what you know, and not what the, the the phenomenon actually is. You will get the result you want to get if you're approaching it from with that point of view. When the UFO phenomenon also has kind of a a, a, a trickster aspect to mm. it, mm -hmm. that if you like you said, if you go into it looking for evidence of say you know like demons. Or, or something else entirely, you know, looking, looking for evidence that are coming from the hollow earth, then the phenomena tends to steer you even more into that direction. Well, I think you'd put your own spin on it if you were doing that to make it do that. Because if you can look at the whole, look at the, the UFO phenomenon, we tend to be, I, th I think we're going down a rabbit hole here, but um, if you look at the UFO phenomenon with an open mind, you cannot but admit they are arriving here. But it's, like I said way at the start, it's where they're coming from is the problem and why is the other problem. I mean, you get this sort of do-gooders that will say, oh, they're here to, to show us the error of our ways and to stop destroying the planet, yada, 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 and so forth. But we don't really know why they're coming here, what they want, because 
The other excuse is, oh, well, they're coming here, they're taking samples of human beings, they're slicing and dicing us, they're slicing and dicing animals and all the rest of it. And that, to me, just seems foolish, because if you've got a race of beings that can devise craft, that can travel inter, you know, interstellar distances or come from another reality, and they can de de devise these craft, surely they can do a better job of figuring out what makes a stick than slicing and dicing us. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. It never has done. Well, that's something that Gene has said <laughs> in the past. You know, it's like, you know, after, after all these supposedly, you know, uh, centuries of abductions, don't they have enough DNA samples by now? <laughs> well, I thought they would. Well, it depends, again, when you go down this rabbit hole. You start coming up, you know, you know, like various governments have come to uh, agreements with the ETs that, um, you know, that, that they'll allow them to take human beings for samples in exchange for their technology. Um, I've come across that one. I just don't buy that one either, quite frankly, because that would then would depend what kind of technology that, 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 that the governments are after. Because you can be sure, as shooting, that it's going to be technology that's going to give them a military advantage of some sort. It wouldn't be anything that's going to like give them give us free power or, or free energy or whatever, because free energy is really what we need now. But there again, the big corporations just aren't going to let that happen because you get the stories about Tesla and his broadcasting energy and all the rest of it, free energy. The big power companies just aren't going to let that happen because they'll see their profits sliding because that free energy has got to be generated, it's got to be transmitted, it's got to be received, it's got to be converted into something that people can use in their homes or, or the factories or whatever. So they're going to have a knife in there somewhere getting money out of this. And Nikola Tesla never said that he had free energy. <laughs> you know, he had a way of generating free energy. He had yeah. come up with a method of sending electricity or energy uh, wirelessly. That's right. But, yeah. but it still had to be generated at its, you know, transmitter. Uh, yeah. uh, one way or the other, at, at Tesla's time, he was using um, uh, coal and steam. Sure. But... He he saw the day that you know technology would uh, come up with you know something different. Yeah, I, I guess so. But if you think of the free energy aspect of this, I mean, right now you've got miles and miles of copper and aluminum cable, you know, carrying power from the from the power stations out to you out to substations from a substation into your home from your home and all you know it's all copper wire copper wire so there's one thing you could do without you wouldn't need copper wire anymore if they could come come with some means of transmitting the power direct to your home we've got more to come ah zero point energy now as many of you know you can actually charge smartphones and other gear wirelessly but you have to place them on something for the electricity to transfer. So maybe that's halfway there? I don't know. Then again, zero point energy. What about that concept? Brian, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Pericast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Brian E. Well companies would now allow it. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have it. Either that or they need to, to rejig. They need to come up with something else where they could uh, get their hands on power supply. I mean, I, I worked in power supply and power generation for 20 years as an instrument tech, and um, the power stations, they are built, you know, they're big buildings, really heavy machinery, the generators, the turbines are there. The ones that we, we well, they're all steam-driven, basically. It's just how you generate the steam's a problem. Either the power stations I worked in were coal-fired power stations, but you get nuclear power stations which do exactly the same thing. All you've got to do is get something to boil the water and convert it to steam and blow the steam through the turbines. I mean, the principle is actually quite, quite easy. Doing it is difficult, I would say. I'm just curious. The the line of work that you said you've you've done for mm-hmm. uh, 20-plus years. Well, I was an instrument tech for the best part of 40 years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did uh, the people you work with know about uh, your interest, or did you keep that uh, to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I kept it to myself yeah, because okay. I, had, I, had, I had enough hassle I could do without that. Although, oddly enough, people, this is the strange thing about this. Uh, when I took, well, yeah, I'll, I'll stick to the power stations. When people found out what I had in both interest for and what I did, they initially they'd laugh and say, ah, yeah, look at him, ha, 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 and point the finger. Then they'd come up 
later on when no one was listening, you know, when my granny died or, or whatever, you know, yeah, and they'd come sneaking up and, and you get a little stories of them. You know, once the guys were there, and, you know, they, they weren't going to get laughed at as well, you'd get the stories of them, yeah. You know, the thing that I always uh, found out, uh, especially when you deal with scientists or you know, or, or, or people who who work, you know, within that that capacity, is that you know, you'll have quite a few of them that are really interested. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. the same thing, but they won't, they 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 can't talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe they'll discuss it with their wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe yeah. not even that. You know. I did find though that, that the line of work was uh, within his, his instrument technician. Some of the test equipment I used, I used to borrow, for want of a better word, and take it out on, on, on investigations with me. You know, you know, if you're, things that would would measure electrical currents, would would measure magnetic fields, stuff like that. You know, because I was always trying to get some sort of result. And sometimes I used I used to use a, a what do you call it? A, what do you call those little meters? Oh gosh, the. Um, Oh, doesn't matter anyway. I, know, I sent to the States to get mine because they weren't all that common in the UK at the time. But I once was on a case in, in, in uh, what was called the Covenanters Prison in Edinburgh, an old churchyard, this Covenanters Prison. And uh, the, the, tri- the trifield meter, that's what it was, you probably come across it. The trifield meter was sitting, like it was sitting down beside me. And the medium, this medium I was with at the time said, oh, Spirit just walked past us. And when she said that, the meter went full scale down. Hmm. Went, oh, yeah? And she said, oh, here's, a, oh, here's another spirit coming the other way. Meter went up, meter went down. So the meter picked up an increase in, in the ambient magnetic field. So does that mean that the, the magnetic field caused the spirit or the spirit called, and I'm using the term spirit because for want of a better word, or did the spirit generate the magnetic field? Very hard to say, but, but I've often found this, that, 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 that when you were in the presence of, we'll call it spirit, you were all, you nearly always got a reading on the trifield meter, nearly always. So there's, this is why I say, you know, um, magnetic anomalies, geomagnetic anomalies, magnetism, they all seem to tie in together. Well, and the interesting part about that. As you were as you were saying, is that there are people who have that ability to to be able to read that, you know, uh, oh, yeah. call oh, it yeah. call it call it a psychic ability or mm-hmm. sixth sense or yeah, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they certainly do. Although, to be fair, um, when when mediums, I, I never get any reading off a medium when they were actually operating when they were doing their their medium thing. Um, I never get any readings off them, but there again, the kind of equipment I used, well, it was basically industrial equipment. It wasn't sort of laboratory quality equipment. It was designed for a purpose, and, and it worked very well at that purpose, but it wasn't designed for that kind of stuff. But it was it was handy. It was handy. Besides, it used to impress the, the customers you t- when you turned up in the house with, with, with flight cases full of stuff. It looked pretty good. Because I always laugh, because I laugh out loud, I might add. Because you look at some of these TV shows when you when you've got you know, Ghostbusters turning up in somebody's house or whatever, and they come in with these flight cases full of equipment, and the most of them don't even know what they well, the most of them don't even know what it is. They don't even know what they're actually measuring because they'll they'll usually take these point and shoot um, thermometers, you know, if you like, and 
these thermometers take surface readings. They don't take readings in midair, and that's what they're supposed to be doing, taking readings in midair. So that the readings they're getting off the off these, if you like, point and shoot thermometers, they're meaningless because they don't know what they actually don't know what they're doing with the stuff. And the same goes, I think, for a lot of these groups and a lot of the other equipment that come in. Mainly, it's for measuring electrical fields of one one kind of another. I don't think they fully know understand what they're actually doing with the equipment. So that anything that they do get off, it's going to be meaningless. I do think that uh, there's become an over-dependence on technology when it, when it comes to a lot of these uh, investigations. And I oh, think yeah. it's, I think it's just because, like you said, it's it's kind of sexy. You know, you, you bring out all these uh, uh, little pieces of machinery with the, you know, uh, uh, glowing lights and uh, the, the, the one that goes beep and, <laughs> and people are impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those little pods, REM pods and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they look great. They look absolutely great. But all they're doing is measuring electric, electrical fields. And like I say, or magnetic fields, whatever. But um, that is the one. The, the, the REM pods are quite useful because they're serving the same the same purpose as the little meter I was using. They're measuring local electromagnetic fields. And spirit seems to generate them, or or, this, or the electrical field generates spirit. I don't know, I don't know what came first, either chicken or the egg. But, but one seems to, to, to cause the other. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to get more into your book because there's so many things you have to talk about and not enough time. You're going to, of course, be with us for this show and for our premium show after the Paracast. We'll get into more things. But I was looking at a chapter of yours in the book and it's headed the Stargate Enigma. And the reason I even mentioned Stargate is because of the movie and the TV series mm-hmm. sure. about Stargates where it's a device that connects to a wormhole and instantaneously transports you to another part of the universe. So yep. what do you regard as a Stargate in connection with Chapter 17? Okay, Chapter 17, Stargate. A Stargate, for want of another word, is a portal. That's, that's the simplest way. They're, they're doorways, doorways to other realities. Get them to function is something entirely different because... The kind of stargates you were talking about, or, or I don't know if it was Tim was talking about it, where you, you enter, you enter it, you, you fly in, you come out some other point in the universe through through a wormhole, which is in effect what 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 a, what a stargate actually would be as a wormhole of some sort. But if you if you regard them as portals, it makes them more believable, and, and if you if you scale them down to being interplanetary or inter interdimensional or interuniversal, put it that way. If you get them scaled down a little bit, I can take you to what I, I could show you. If you were here now in Scotland, and it was you know it was and the, the the place was open, I could take you to Rosslyn Chapel, and I could stand you on a portal. I could stand you right on one, because I know where there is a portal, and I know how, and I actually know how to activate it. And we tried to do that in 2006. We tried to activate it with with mixed results, I may add, but but it, it, we did try to activate it and. Uh, we could have got, we might have got away with it, but but the people who actually run the place, you know, the actual, <laughs> the, I can't remember what you call them offhand, but but the, if you like the, the the people who run the place who look after it, they weren't too keen, and they, they shut us down, if you like, because I think we were getting too close, and if anything had happened, because we were starting to get a bit worried. Hey, we got a break here, otherwise our sponsors will get a little bit worried. Okay, Brian, Gene, and Tim, no, we're not going to the Stargate now. Maybe later. 
You're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com gcnfood.com Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. 
And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You know, I th- when you look at the Stargate movie, it was inspired mm-hmm. by ancient astronauts, of course. That's, That's right. when yeah, yeah, Roland yeah. Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who also did Independence Day, by the way, created mm-hmm. it. But when they went to television, they had a totally different crew and totally yeah. different actors doing further adventures. But once again, the Stargate in that series was based on ancient technology mm-hmm. from an advanced race that no longer existed in the physical plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. But um, I've seen the Stargate movies. I saw the Stargate TV series and it was good. It was enjoyable, but they never really explained what they were doing and how it worked. The Stargate and Rosalind Chapel, and I'm going to, and I'm going to keep returning to this because this is one I can relate to because I know it's there and I know it works. Pardon me, is that this Stargate operates through sound specific frequencies. And if you generate the right frequencies, you'll get the result. You'll actually switch this thing on. Because we first found out that this thing was here, was, was where it was. It's, it's at the St. Matthew altar, because they call it Rosalind Chapel, but, but the proper name is the Collegiate Church of St. Matthew. It's a Presbyterian church. still functions as a church as well. And it has its Sunday services and all the rest of it. But their main source of income obviously comes from people going up to see Rosalind Chapel and you know, the, the apprentice pillar and down in the crypt and so forth. Because there was one time my wife and I were there, we'd been given permission to go in and they'd given us a set of ladders so I could take some photographs of these cubes that are, that are up in the, in the, at the east end of the chapel in what's called the Lady Chapel. And these cubes all have different different patterns on them. Anyway, I was taking photographs of them. They were actually, there was giant, there was the carpenters coming in, they were going to shoot a film what was that one with Tom Hanks and um, well, the one you mentioned earlier on, uh, Gene? What was it called? To, uh, Tom Hanks, wasn't it? There were two of them. One was Angels and Demons. The first one. The first one. Okay, I have to look that one up again. The Da Vinci Files. The Da Vinci Code. The, that was the Da Vinci, yeah, the Vinci Code. The Da Vinci yeah. Code, right. Yeah, they, they were setting up, uh, because as you know, the Rosalind Chapel appeared in the, uh, towards the end of the Da Vinci Code. And they were down in the crypt in this room, which doesn't exist in my ad. It was it was built in the crypt for, for the film. But um, we were in there, and uh, the first time this happened, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit. The first time this happened was in 1994, 95, about then. And with a whole bunch of people, with mediums, with psychics, with, all, with about a dozen people, they'd let us in early before the rest of the, 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 the fee-paying customers turned up. I think it was in case we frightened them away. But um, well, I was standing with my back to the St. Matthew altar, which if, you, if, you're, if you're in the chapel and you face the east of the chapel, you'll see the, the apprentice pillar and the kingly pillar at both sides and both behind the altar. And there are three altars. There's the St. Matthew altar at the left-hand side. There's another two, and there's one called the high altar. And it is a high altar, but it can't, it can't be used because it's above a stairway, and you can't get access to it. But on the left-hand altar is the St. Matthew altar, and I was standing with my back 
to the altar. And one of the mediums was standing in front of him, and I closed my, she says, close your eyes, and she did something. And suddenly I felt myself getting lifted up off the floor. It's, it's the strangest sensation I've ever had. And the more I tried to f force myself down, it was like something was under my heels pushing me up off the floor. And I eventually I just came up, just a fraction, then sort of stumbled forward. She says, yeah, she says, I said, what were you doing? And, and she just showed me, she was like, pushed her, moving her hands in front over my head. She says, what happened? I said, well, I said, I felt I was getting lifted up off the floor. She says, yeah, she says, because there's ley lines down below the floor, down in the crypt. Major ley lines, I might add. And these ley lines also give the impression that you're getting lifted off the floor if you know exactly what to do and how to use them. But we knew then there was something very strange about the St. Matthew altar, that, that there was something strange here. And it was while I was doing a lot of research on it that I came to the conclusion that there were a set of frequencies, and I, ha I know what the frequencies are, I have them. I developed them using a signal generator. Once you use these, well, I'll tell you what happened in 2006. This is, this is the easiest way to do it, 2005, 2006. It was one or the other, it doesn't really matter. But um, we were there, with maybe about six, seven of us there, and I had put all these frequencies on a laptop computer, and we were generating a set of frequencies upstairs using a laptop. Well, little, little did we know uh, one of the members, one of the guys who was with us, went downstairs. He was an acoustic therapist, and he was he was toning with his voice. Okay, so we're standing upstairs, and we can hear that we can hear the tones coming from the signal coming from the laptop. Then we heard the tone coming from downstairs where this other guy, Nathan, Nathan Saria was his name. Nathan was was creating this sound, and and there was there was the voice of harmonics. Then all of a sudden, we're making a sound. He's making a sound. Then the chapel made a sound on its own, completely on its own. That it was generating a harmonic based on what we were producing. And a few seconds later, a slightly fainter harmonic kicked off as well. So the chapel was creating two sounds based on the sounds we were creating, and it was doing it on its own. Then Nathan, who didn't know anything about this, he just stopped. He stopped toning, stopped, and the other two tones went click, click, just switched off. And all we're left with was the actual um, the tone coming from the, from the from the from the from the laptop. So we turned the volume up a little bit, and I was standing with a camera, and somebody said, "Oh gosh, something's happening! Something's happening at the altar." So I turned around and I took a, an image, took a photograph on the turn, so that the, the resultant image is, is slightly blurred. I couldn't I couldn't help it because I actually took it on the turn and I wanted to get this taken. And in the middle of the face of the altar. And it's not these things aren't big. It's about, maybe it's up to about your chest. It's maybe about what, five foot wide. But in the middle of it is, is the engrailed cross of of the Sinclair family who had the place built in the first place. And this engrailed cross is brightly lit. There's a light shining on it or coming from it, I'm not sure which. Now there was no flash getting used in the camera because the flash wouldn't have done that. The flash would just have illuminated the whole altar. And there wasn't anything close enough to, 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 to a beam of light that, 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 that strong. So the actual portal was starting to um, activate. Now, one of the mediums stood with her back to the altar, and I stood facing her. And it was like standing in, in, in a nice cold blizzard. You could feel the cold was getting, it was getting colder and colder and colder. The, 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 the coldness was radiating up from the floor. You could actually put your hands out on either side, and it was like passing your hands through a barrier. You could feel warmer outside and stone cold inside. Then, then I said, look, switch off, switch off the, the, the laptop. So somebody switched the laptop off, and the whole thing just collapsed, bang.
and everything was back to normal. So we almost got that thing to activate in 2006. And ever since then, the, the, the governors, the people that run the chapel, they just won't let us do it again. They just they just put, said, no, that's it, that's enough. Because I think they were worried in case something else happened and that they, couldn't, they wouldn't have any control over it. And in fact, we were starting to get worried as well because we didn't know what was going to happen either. So there you go. So for uh, those out in our audience who, who may not be familiar with Rosalind Chapel, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of its uh, uh, history? Well, Rosalind Chapel, it was built in the 1400s. It was built over a period of 30 or 40 years. And it's, some people argue about what it was for. Before we continue that argument, mm-hmm. let's do our break with Brian... Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extend update. The polar vortex that was hanging out over the northeast with wind chills of negative 35 in some cities has moved on. Temps are on the rise today with Boston expected to reach almost 50. The U.S. finally took action against the Chinese spy slash weather balloon making its way across the country. After days of watching it float across the United States, the U.S. shot down a Chinese surveillance balloon off the coast of South Carolina Saturday. They successfully took it down. And I want to compliment our aviators who did it. President Biden says he gave the initial order to shoot it down on Wednesday, but fears of the balloon coming down in a highly populated area led to the delay in shooting it down until it was over water. I'm John Schaefer. There was no winner in last night's Powerball drawing. The jackpot on Wednesday will be worth an estimated $747 million. Corey Myers, USA News. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Okay, 25,000 cheering extras. 
Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Now, Brian, let us continue. Okay. People have argued over what what, what is Rosalind Chapel. Some people thought it was meant to be what we called the the, 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 the retroquire of, of a cathedral. It was meant to be part of a cathedral because there are signs of unfinished building walls on the outside of the chapel, on both sides of it, as if it was meant to be something else. So... Other people say it was just designed to be a simple place of worship for the Sinclair family, designed you know, for, for, for their own private chapel, if you want to put it that way. But the thing is, there are so many carvings. The place is an absolute riot of carvings in Serbia, all sorts of stuff. Angels, demons, green men. In fact, I think I can't, there's three, two or three hundred green men all around the chapel. And if you walk around in a sort of clockwise direction, they start... Um, like a young man's face and they come to an old man's face as you walk all the way around almost as if it was it was celebrating life and death if you want to put it if you have one way of putting it but the interesting thing is up in the east end of the chapel there is a light box right up at the very but you've got to know where you've got to look for this thing now I know a friend of mine once when the place was getting a new roof sorry the roof was getting repaired getting waterproofed because the water was getting in making a terrible mess inside. But uh, he went up and had a look at this light box. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a hexagonal cavity. It runs right through from back to front at the end of the chapel. And inside, it's lined with mica, which is naturally reflective. And in the middle of it is a, is a red stone of some kind. And then they know it works because they, they can actually see it working. It happens once a year. As the sunrise hits it, you know, if it's sunny, it projects a red spot into the chapel itself. What that red spot was meant to sit on or what was meant to do, nobody actually is sure. They actually think there was actually a, 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 an image of Christ somehow suspended from the ceiling and once a year this red spot would come, come and hit, play on the body of Christ. They think, they don't know for sure. But um, at any rate, um, in the roof, in the ceiling of the Lady Chapel, which is at the end, of the, at the east end of the chapel, where the three altars are, the Lady Chapel, there are a series of stone cubes, and these are emitting from 
music, stone musical instruments been been played by little angels, which are all carved in there. And these are all coming up towards the ceiling. There's actually the three altars, and all these cubes come up there. And it is clear that they're meant to represent musical notes. Now, some people have actually recreated the precise patterns that are on there using these using signal generators. So you, and what, in fact, when I actually had a film crew in my house one day, one one Sunday it was, it turned up, and they want they wanted to clamp this this metal lid to my up to, to my dining table. I said, "Oh no, no, no! Behave yourself! You're not going to do that here." But the idea was that Sir William Sinclair. He does. He had this place designed. Don't forget, and everything in it was at his his express command, express instruction. And he would have known how to do this because if you take like a thin, like a thin piece of metal, thin, say a thin piece of iron, thin piece of steel, but it's got to be thin or glass, and clamp it, okay. And you sprinkle on the surface of very fine sand, very very fine sand, and you bow it with a musical, like, like, like with, a, with, a, with a violin bow or, or whatever. Depending on the musical note you hit. The the, the 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 sand will take up a shape, and that is corresponding to the note. And we think that these cubes are marked in such a way that they represent musical notes. And a, an associate of mine, a guy called Bill Downey, who was a musician, he, if you like, it, it was, this was fluke, this was luck. He came up with this note, this, this specific note, and... Uh, we actually tried to recreate notes. We actually used it. It was a. I'm trying to remember. It's, it's an ancient divinatory art. It's based on numbers. Anyway, the words. We took the name Jesus and and we we created a frequency based on on the words of the letters of Jesus. We, we created a three note chord. We took Iesus, which is which is Greek for Jesus. Words of that kind from the Bible, and we and we actually changed them into frequencies, specific frequencies. And it was when we used the Jesus frequency that this this stuff started happening at the altar. So it would appear that the the, 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 the chapel is designed to res to resonate and respond to specific frequencies that are generated in it. Now, we as I say, we've looked on this, and we've never been allowed back in to do it again. I'd love to get back in. I've tried to ask, but they just put their fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 we can't hear you. And they're, they're just not interested in anybody doing anything like that anymore because I think they're, they're frightened in case of something had happened, if something might happen. And if it did, well, we couldn't do anything about it other than stop making the, you know, cut cut the frequency and hope everything went back to normal. But it'd be interesting to see what happened. Well, there's been uh, speculation that uh, the chapel had something to do with the Knights Templar as well, right? Well, there is speculation about the Knights Templar, yeah, and, and because there's images in, in the chapel carvings that, that might relate to the Knights Templar. And there's also comment that, that the Sinclair family were sympathetic towards the Templars because, if you'll recall, it was the Pope, um, at, the, at the bequest of, of, of one of the French kings, he, King, Philip, king Philip the Fair, I think they called him, he got jealous of the Templars because he owed them a lot of money. Because the Templars were one of the wealthiest organisations on the planet at the time, in the 1400s. And he, rather than pay the money back, he decided to invent a whole series of charges that, that the Templars were supposed to be doing. Well, they were supposed to be trampling on Christ, they were images of Christ, supposed to be spitting on them, that they were worshipping the devil, um, all sorts of stuff they were supposed to be doing. They weren't. 
But he created this, um, if you like, this quite convincing uh, propaganda campaign to get the Templars suppressed. So the Pope... Now, the Templar, I can't believe that the Templars didn't know this was coming because they were, as they, they had ears everywhere. They must have known this was coming, but for some reason, they just let it go, and a lot of them were arrested, but a lot of them got away. A lot of them got out uh, before, actually, the arrest took place. It was the 19th... 19th of October? I can't remember the exact date offhand, but it, but it was certainly a memorable date at the time. Um, but uh, some of the Templars came to Scotland and uh, some of them you know, some of them went to France, some of them went to Switzerland, but certainly uh, some of them ended up in Scotland and, and they sort of set up there's a place called Temple uh, which is not too far from Rodland Chapel as it happens, and that was where one of the one of the, the, the um, buildings was actually created. There's there's one on the way up to a place called Cairn Papal Hill. There's another Templar uh, associated building there as well. But uh, they actually um, built up quite a you know they eventually they officially they seem to have disbanded eventually, but I'm pretty sure they didn't, and and I, I think they just went underground. Because I'm pretty sure the Teutonic Knights, but with a German organisation, which was it's, which was very intimately involved with the Knights Templar and the Teutonic Knights. But um, yeah, the Templars were officially disbanded by by that then by the Pope Pope Innocent the can't I can't remember is Pope I can't remember the name of the Pope, but he he was convinced that they, they were acting against the Church. And uh, it also suited this this French king because he owed them so much money, and they were disbanded and had to get out. But from I put the the port of La Rochelle on just before the the Orgard went out to have them arrested. Five ships fully laden sailed from the port of La Rochelle in France, and they never got a penny piece from any of the Templar buildings, any any of the preceptories or whatever. Never got a penny piece of treasure. It was all got out before that blow landed, before they were arrested. That is why I just can't believe that they didn't know that this was happening and why they allowed themselves to be arrested because they put themselves to a lot of pain and hassle because they allowed this to happen. But certainly the Pope or the King didn't get his hands on their money. I think one of the uh, um, surprising things about Rosalind Chapel is how small it is. Oh, yeah. You know, people, I think, you know, people just looking at the pictures and everything, you know, they're expecting something, you know, a pretty good size. And then you go there and it's like, oh, wow. And, and like you said, all this stuff is just really crammed in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, before we oh, cram so. anything else, before we yeah. cram anything else in there, let's cram this in there. One more segment with Ryan, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. 
We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492 800-509-4492 That's 800-509-4492 Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Brian, there's enough in your book and everywhere else to cover nine shows, but since we don't have nine shows today, 
We'll do this episode of the Paracast, then we'll move on to after sure. the Paracast for our premium Paracast Plus subscribers. Sure, okay. We were interrupting the conversation. Where can we pick up? All I've been talking about was the Knights Templar and what became of them, and how some of them ended up in Scotland, some of them ended up in Switzerland, some ended up in Germany. Just scattered and got out as best they could. And as I was saying, I cannot believe that they didn't know that was coming. They had to know it was coming. Speaking of scattered, let's go to this chapter we kind of briefly touched on earlier about the Collins elite. And, of course, we have the book from Nick Redfern that referred Mm -hmm. to it. What are or were the Collins elite? Do they still exist? Well, Project Blue Book, Project Grudge, and all the various UFO-related programs set up by the U.S. government and the U.S. military to look into the problem or or, or, or the subject to UFOs, their validity that did they exist, what were they, what did they want, whatever. Well, the Collins elite got its name, it is thought, from one of the people who was actually part of this particular group. But they had come into the whole thing with an agenda. And their agenda was to demonstrate that UFOs did not have our best interest at at heart, that UFOs were not crewed by extraterrestrials, as we would think, as to say human beings. UFOs were crewed by demons. They were crewed by uh, devils, and they came from hell. They were satanic in origin. Why they would do that, I'm not sure. And what the reason to do that, I'm not sure. But it certainly had some sort of religious agenda. And I think that that's very sad because once you go into an into a subject like that, what you should you need to have an open mind. You must have an open mind. It's a prerequisite. You have an open mind. If you're going to end with it with an agenda, you'll come out with that agenda to prove that UFOs are satanic in origin. And I, don't, I think that's a certain nonsense. I don't believe a word of it. Well, there are some religions that take the same position. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what I can say about this, but um, put it this way, I was born Roman Catholic. I, I was, you know, I didn't go to Catholic school because my mum was Catholic, my dad wasn't. And I was brought up, I went to a Protestant school, so I didn't get a lot of Catholic education. But I had a reasonably religious upbringing, but it, it was fairly open-ended. But this again takes me back to the paranormal. I've seen enough evidence in the paranormal phenomena to make me think that religion is just another example of paranormal phenomena, a formalised, recognised form, and there was a Bible written about it. But the miracles performed by Christ and all the rest of it, paranormal, and you like. In fact, the, the Catholic ceremony of transubstantiation at the end of a Mass, this is when Christ, in effect, through the priest, presents himself, comes to the, comes onto the altar, and Christ is brought into the altar during that part of the Mass. That is... If you like, that's magic getting practiced. And the, the whole thing seems to try the paranormal and magic all together. And you're asked to believe in it and take it as, as, the, as the gospel truth, literally the gospel truth. When most of it isn't, the Bible as it is written, it, it, it's a master of um, supposition. It's a master of rumor, some truth, some lies, and it's and speculation. It's the word of man. Men created God. God didn't create man, I would say. And, and that is a big thing to say. But there's more than we think that way. Well, of course, when we go back to Collins Elite, you point out earlier that you think there is this other force and other dimension or reality that's directing mm-hmm. our affairs. Wouldn't that be considered demonic? Yeah. You could say that when Barry and I we had these sort of conversations and we were writing the book, uh, The Deceptions of Gods and Men, that, um, yeah, these things could be considered as demons, but 
that's just, it's just a word. Demon is just a word. Um, because when you think about it, why if, if Satan, the head demon, if you want, if he wanted to attract so many people to, to worship him and follow his beliefs and, 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 and his teachings, you'd think he'd make himself as beautiful and acceptable and, 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 his, and his minions would be as, as beautiful as possible they could be, but they're depicted as being horns on their head and fangs and tails. and They, they look, if you like, like snakes, they look like uh, dragons, all sorts of stuff. That To me, it's all a propaganda exercise to, to force you to think a certain way. I'm not saying that people who believe in the Bible and follow biblical teachings are bad people or not, because they carry out good acts in the name of God, literally in the name of God, and they carry out decent acts. But these people would do that anyway, whether or not they were doing it in God's name or under their own steam. So that is why I have problems with religion, I really do. Look what's happening now in Iraq. You've got the mullahs that are in there, they're murdering people wholesale, they're executing them wholesale for having the temerity to stand up and dance in the street. They've been accused of prostitution for doing it. There are all sorts of nonsense to dream up. You know, I worked in the Middle East. I worked in Saudi Arabia. I worked there for seven years. And I used to see a lot of stuff would happen in Saudi Arabia and you would just shake your head. Because they used to have executions every Friday. If there was somebody going to be executed in the local town, it would be on a Friday. Because that, that was their holy day. People would get flogged, it would be on a Friday. They could guarantee it. And they didn't encourage you to go and see any of that at all because if they thought you were coming down to watch someone getting flogged, you'd, they'd literally chase you out of the town because they didn't want, if you like, the Westerners to see all this kind of stuff happening. But in, in, in of Islam, to, to convince me it can be used for good, absolutely it can, but it can be used for evil as well, much the same as Christianity. There's no difference. There is no difference. Any of the Judaic religions, they're, they're all the same. But, or any of the monotheistic religions, they're, they're all the same. Because when you go to monotheism, when you move away from that, you go into Hinduism and all the rest of it and all the different different religions. That's like saying... Christianity will say if you don't, but if you're not a Christian and you don't believe in God, you don't get to heaven. So that would mean that that anyone in the Jewish faith would not get to heaven, that Muslims would not get to their version of heaven. You've got to be a Christian. You've got to believe in God and follow these these um, practices, and then you'll get to heaven. But nobody else gets unless you believe that. And that to me is how cruel. How cruel could that be? Well, you were talking about the uh, Collins elite, yeah. and one of the things that they said that the only way that they could conceive of being able to battle the you know uh, demonic UFO forces mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would be to turn the United States into an authoritarian nation based on theology with strict <laughs> evangelical rules. That actually sounds about right, guys. That that sounds about right. And it's the sort of stuff they would put out. It's the same as in, in Saudi Arabia was that the, the odd thing was that, that Christians could actually practice their faith if they did it on the slide, did it on the quiet, and they just kept well at the road. But officially, the state religion is Islam, and you weren't allowed to deviate from that or its rules. And again, they had their executions, they had their floggings, they had, they had their decapitations and all the rest of it, or, or certain decapitations, not cutting off the head. Although that happened as well, of course, but um, cutting off limbs and all the rest of it for theft, because the, the, the repercussions are pretty extreme. Hey, before we go on, we're going to have you back with After the Paracast for Paracast Plus subscribers. Right now, Brian, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they go? All you got to type in is Brian Allen Paranormal or Brian Allen UFO. This will bring up that there's reams and reams and reams of stuff. If you want to have a look at the magazine, Phenomena Magazine, it's phenomenamagazine.com. Co, that's co.co.uk that'll take to the Phenomena Magazine website 
and you can download it's free absolutely free uh, you can download go back all the seven years you can uh, ten years you can you can download all the all the different magazines if you wish and it doesn't cost you a bean for me um brian allen paranormal brian allen ufo that'll take you to me that'll, that, that'll take you right to me okay you can find us on twitter if you look for the Paracast, as long as Twitter hangs out with what Elon Musk is doing these days. We're on <laughs> Facebook also. Two sections, a group and a fan club for the Paracast. We have branded merchandise at theparacast.shop or theparacast.store, where you get T-shirts and caps and things with four different versions of the Paracast logo. We also offer the Paracast Plus a streaming service that includes this show without the network ads and the After the Paracast podcast, which is uncensored, uninterrupted, and this weekend features our guest on this show, the one, the only, Brian Allen. For more information, go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a discount, 20% on five-year and lifetime subscriptions, theparacast.plus. Brian Allen, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. You're most welcome, Gene. It's been an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to you guys, and to Tim especially, because I've known of Tim. We've known of each other for a long, long time. Never actually got a chance to speak until tonight. Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.